Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello everybody, Chris here. How are you? Just a reminder that this episode with Cynthia Nixon was recorded pre-lockdown, back when we could all be in a room together. And second reminder that uh, this season episodes are coming weekly, so today we've got an interview episode and next Thursday we will have Homo Sapiens Extra Lockdown Extended Edition where we discuss your emails, letters, messages and correspondence sent by Pigeon. Please uh, do enjoy this episode. It's one of my favourites so far. Cynthia is an amazing, amazing person. Enjoy listening. Have you ever had an edible condom? <laughs> Not it intentionally. Looked, there was a red one. <laughs> oh, God. It was like the person involved was spewing blood. It was just <sighs> terrible because oh. it's sort of like it disintegrated. Anyway, let's not talk about that. But um, <laughs> the thing I was going to say was... Is this uh, the, was that the rap party for Spice World? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Please. <laughs> Homo Sapiens episode two. Hello, everybody. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for coming back. We weren't sure if you would. <laughs> <laughs> I was. Yeah, you I were. Was conf- I was quietly confident. <laughs> quietly confident. Tweeting about pushing it online, as they say. Who's, who have we got up our sleeve today, Christopher? Cynthia Nixon. Oh, now. yes, indeed. So how, Cynthia Nixon, activist. Mm-hmm. Actor. Uh, actor. When did Cynthia Nixon first enter your life? Well, I was in Sex and the City in 2001. Shortly after that, she uh, came out. Then when she, after she came out, I, would, I saw her much more. At, um, there was a you know, campaign for marriage equality in, in New York we were both involved with. And yeah, I would see her at a lot of events like that. And then we became friends. But was she privately out, as in like people knew in her friends? I, th- oh, I can't remember. I always think there must be some sort of spell where you're just, you know, that you don't sort of have sex with someone of the same sex and suddenly have a press release. I think you... Yeah. Try as you might. Well, you might. Well, I think we should, I think we should do the press still. release. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the typewriter over there. Why typewriter? I'm not quite sure. <laughs> it wasn't that the long ago. The publicist in the corner taking yeah. notes. <laughs> Tell me about being in Sex of the City. Oh, it was such fun. Go I on. played uh, a designer, sort of a designer from Dolce & Gabbana oh. called O. And... Uh, <laughs> I love that name. Yeah, it was O. 
and just, oh, is it the letter? <laughs> and what was funny, and so Sarah Jessica's character was in a, going to be in a fashion show and I was having to dress her and sort of teach her how to walk or something. Brilliant. And then, uh, and I had this, uh, my sort of gorgeous, hunky Italian assistant was this boy called Luca. And then what was hilarious was years went by mm -hmm. and my friend Marco uh, is also Italian and also gorgeous. And like I've known him, I'd known Marco for years. And one day he went, holy shit, Luca, the boy in, in, in Sex and City is my brother. No way. Isn't that funny? Uh, so anyway, I, and then what the, the, the great thing, it was quite a star-packed episode, that episode of Sex and City. There was uh, my good self, but also <laughs> lots of real models. And then Kevin uh, O'Quan, that um, makeup artist, you know, that amazing makeup artist, he died, actually. Oh. He was that incredible makeup artist who could make anyone look like anyone. Wow. Uh, he was there. So it was all like a fashion, crazy fashion, all these stars. And the best bit was that when um, SJP went on to the runway, uh, she fell uh, on her heels and then Heidi Klum, I think it was Heidi Klum, stepped over her. And then the man with the glasses, the little gay man, I can't remember his name, lovely, he oh, said, yeah. oh my God, she's fashion roadkill. And that was the sort of the great <laughs> line from that episode. <laughs> there was a thing at the Golden Globes where they... Uh, Dunkin' Donuts, you know Dunkin' Donuts. It's mm. a Dunkin', it's a donut shop, but they no, make coffee and everything. Not as well. the guy from Blue. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Duncan. He's a cutie. Duncan something. Duncan something. Um, anyway, there's a thing where you could got that you got a sizable sum from Dunkin' Donuts if you would oh. do a picture of you getting ready for the Golden Globes, a picture, uh, a picture of the day before, a picture of you, you know, getting your clothes on, and then one picture holding a, a, a Dunkin' Donuts item. Oh. It was a sizable stipend, let's leave it at that. But I felt a little bit of a whore. And I, so what I did was, I said, I said to my manager, oh, you know, he goes, it's fine, Alex, it's fine, it's easy, you know, easy money, other people are doing it. I said, what other clients are doing it? He went, Jane Fonda. I went, I'm doing it. <laughs> so I, so my, my picture, so I did, a, the, the picture of me getting ready for the Golden Globes was the day before I was in Australia. And it was just me under a cover, under a, t a towel. Yeah. And you couldn't tell it was me. It was, looked like a mummy in a tomb, but it was me. <laughs> But I was being cheeky and subversive. And then that. the picture of me getting with, with my actual Dunkin' Donuts product was me coming out of the shower and there was a Dunkin' Donuts on the on the loo, <laughs> on the cistern. So I, was, I did it as, you know you're jet lagged when, you know. When anyway, you so Jane Fonda your... did it too. Did you ever see her photos? Uh, no, I don't think I did. Mm. I have my, I think I tell my Jane Fonda story in the, at some point in the pod, in one of these interviews, don't I? But yes. When I first met one. her, when but I first met her, and it was like you were her date that one. No, that was Brooke Shields' date. Oh, sorry. And I um, was high, and I <laughs> oh, did go not on, tell, tell you that it again. You have so go on, tell I it was at this thing with Brooke Shields, and then we finished it. It was like hosting awards, and then she said, oh, we're going up to this uh, party that they're giving for Jane Fonda. She's being honoured by the Film Society of the Lincoln Centre or something. Would I like to go? I was like, sure. So we go up there. I imbibed in a little. Um, <laughs> recreational substance yeah there i've said it and um got to the thing and it was a major gala at the at tavern on the green in central park <laughs> and we walk, we walk in me and brooke shields and our dates and um her husband and my friend whitney 
And everyone is like, clink, clink. Everyone stops and looks around. And I remember turning to Whitney and I said, I'm too high for this. <laughs> and we get taken to the big high temple table where Jane Fonda is with some other luminaries, including Vanessa Redgrave. And with, with the odd Dunkin' Donut dotted around <laughs> she just was covered, She's wearing a Dunkin' Donut cup. She's, in, <laughs> she's wearing in a donut. And, and she, anyway, so Brooke took forever and I'm all kind of, you know, gurning a little. And then, and then Brooke turns away and sort of gestures to me and I go up and I go, I think you're great, John. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, her face blanched and she sort of, and she just went, and what do you do? <laughs> oh. I was like, good for you. Should we do some agony uncling? I'd love to. This is from a woman, Jay, we'll call her. Yes. What do my fiance and I do about people telling us the right way to make a family? <sighs> Tell them to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just in think- short. So I imagine that's people getting up in their stuff about should they adopt? Should they do surrogacy? Should they. Well, I think they should listen, but when it comes to a point when they start to be annoyed, as she obviously is, tell them it's their business and they'll... I mean, what the hell? Where do people get off? Tell people to... Yeah, I couldn't I'm agree more. I think that's just dreadful. Do you, know, do you know what my dad said to me when I said, my dad, God rest his soul, lovely man, lovely mm. man, uh, said, I said to him I was going to have children with my husband, William, and he went, what, like Elton John? <laughs> <laughs> and I said... No, just like people. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right. Um, well, should we do one more? Let's do one more. This next question said, how's your day? Great. Thanks so much. That wasn't really a question. Okay. <laughs> here's another question from um, S, mm-hmm. who is a woman. She says that she, she feels weird to tell people that she doesn't conform to the heteronormative society. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? It's really interesting this because so when at Christmas I uh, was I seemed to be the elected educator to my wider family on what gender politics is uh, or uh, let's say queer politics are right you know people going to be so but but darling why they want to be called they what what is this all about you know and I think it's all opening up right now and Sam Smith who um, has been on this podcast and we adore what I love about them is that they have said that they're going to be misgendered for the rest of their life and uh, that's okay and I thought that was quite sweet that's nice they said that on an interview with Zainlo and also like this fluidity of all types Mm. I think is and also um what is pansexual all these different yeah. I mean there's a lot I think the thing is like it's a lot for people to deal with especially if that if they're not coming into contact with people who totally. uh, are of those uh, things so I uh, my thing is um, don't feel weird about it just present how you you know I think any in any situation it's okay to ask to be uh, thought of and to be described yes. uh, and if that's how you want it then people should respect that if they can't respect that because mm. of their you know, silly attitudes of, oh, I can't keep up. Like, you know, I, I know people have said things like, what, I'm not allowed to see Oriental? Yeah. Oh, I can't keep up. Is it Asian mm. now? I mean, mm. terrible things like that. But that is a very uh, common mm. sort of um, attitude that, that these things change so quickly and we can't mm. keep up. The thing was, thing is, they do change quickly sometimes. You just have to ask. And if someone asks you to refer to them or think of them in a certain way, then that's it's just respectful to do that. Yeah, and 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 if you are feeling you want to define how you are referred to, I always feel like you kind of need to just 
double, roughly double the amount of time you think it's going to take to get that across to people. Mm. You know, you do have to invest some time in explaining because it is, it's a journey for them as well. It's a journey for them, and it is and it is confusing. And people, are, on the whole, are actually very willing to be respectful but just often they make strange mistakes when they feel on the back foot and they don't know what to say yeah you know what i mean yeah. so i think it's like you know practice it's not a test it's not a test and practice you know just a b a b if you explain it all to someone in 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 a very very basic way and still they're not respecting you then you know that's a problem yeah. but often i think people will be but also i think what s is asking about is about just her feeling that she doesn't she's not kind of conforming to heteronormativity ah. and about how that feels for her just kind of going out into the world and saying hey you know what i don't i don't feel particularly like you and um mm. that must i mean i guess it depends on the circumstances you find that yourself in i i think yeah. we are in the in the biz of show mm. uh are lucky in that those sorts of things are usually yeah much more easy for us yes. i mean i don't know if what it's like if you're in a banker or something and you want to see you don't feel no you know. so i think the thing is though <sighs> being keeping yourself in a closet or in a ghetto is only going to make you feel worse yeah and also like if you're not quite sure what you're feeling like you don't have to decide right now just exactly. have a think about it and try it out find a place there's always a facebook group or an, an or an online community where you can chat to people yes that's what's amazing. Yes. You know, Instagram is a great thing for that. You just type in any niche, 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 niche of whatever you think you might be. Jane Fonda. You'll, fi you'll find Jane Fonda doing a sponsored Dunkin' Donuts advert <laughs> for it. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I think that I think is, I mean, uh, be bold, S. I think that's what we're saying. Be bold. Yeah. It, will, it will benefit you in the long run. Do yeah. you think? I really do. Great. Cynthia Nixon, she's done amazing stuff. And one of the things I loved about this interview is that she talked about um, her son, Samuel, yeah. who is trans. Yeah. And uh, she just says the most incredible stuff from the perspective of being a parent of someone who's trans, mm. which I think is such for, I think, in such a boring way, such a hot topic here in the UK, because it's clickbait. But what she said was so profoundly beautiful. Yes, mm. it's really lovely. Um, and I think and it's coming up right now and it's coming up right now. But I, I mean, imagine if she if you were going through that turmoil of trying to work out who you are. Yeah. Having her as your mum would be probably oh, God, cool. Can you imagine? Let's have a listen to Cynthia Nixon. I, I we're we're on a we're at the tail end of a cleanse right now. And yeah, it's it's and then you try something that you've been off and it's like, oh, wow, you know, I mean, I'm really? so devoted to cheese. What cheese is, oh, right, right, dairy. you know, but when I've been off dairy and then I go back, it's like, you're oh, yeah, yeah. In. For how long? Um, it was about a month. Holy shit. Yeah, it's wow. good. You look it's good, good in it. Thank you. You do look very well. When are you gonna, when are you gonna... I'm easing back. my way, I'm, I, as Would a... you like a whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> I really would. <laughs> <laughs> I was, have you ever done that, um, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the one where you dick uh, cayenne pepper and uh, maple syrup. Oh. Oh. And lemons. And, and that's all you do, that's all right? you do for like uh, 10 days. And it's... Well, you must be going out of your mind. <laughs> At that time, I did it in Vancouver. I was making a film, and I, all I did was I would I went to, to bookshops and just looked at the cookery section. <laughs> I just honestly bought so many cookbooks. <laughs> really? So yeah, obviously there's a, there's a How correlation there. But <laughs> Do you know it's so funny because all like eating <laughs> eating things, you know, it's like I'm doing a cleanse or whatever. Like I've never done one, 
I would really like to. But my dad was, my dad was born in 1932, right? So he was a bit of an older dad. Oh, my mother was born in 1930. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. And he grew up in like an engineering family in Birmingham in the Midlands of England. So not an artistic family at all, but right. he ended up being a fashion photographer. He was obsessed with any food fad that came. So he, he grew, I remember him growing a kombucha in our fridge when I was like Really? Eight. Yeah. Oh my God. And he used to like make us drink it. And then he used to do, he did it when you were talking about that diet. He did this diet where he would down a, a, a liter of olive oil every morning. Oh my God. Yeah. Really? What, then yeah. what happened? I, I, luckily it was behind closed doors, I think, what happened next, Ooh. but like it was sort of... But you know, everybody used to do it back in the very old days, cod liver oil. Right, right? Uh, yeah. I always think yeah. like, oh, I should get some of that. I'm sure it tastes terrible and it's so mm. good I take for a, you. I, take a, uh, I don't take cod liver because of a vegan, but there's a, ve a, a, a vegan equivalent, an oily. I take it's an oily pill. Yeah, it's good to do, but a liter. A liter. That's excessive. His, his, my friend once said this saying, which I love, um, his revolutions were pretty short. <laughs> <laughs> it would last a week and then no one would mention it again. Funny thing that you said is... Um, I think it's when you two were talking that said um, both of you have been both been married to men and women. Is that right? Well, yeah. I was never married to my okay. boyfriend. I was with him for 15 years and we had two kids. Got but, it. Um, but never married. And you yes. said a lovely thing, which is that I can't understand why anyone would not like both. Right. And your kids and when I you, Right. When I said, right, when I said <laughs> oh, that, my yeah. kids said, oh, that's such a bisexual thing I to say. I love that. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. we try on the podcast to always, we try to just not be too G of LGBT, you know uh -huh, what I mean? Because it uh -huh. always just ends up flowing back to that because uh -huh. I don't know why, um, but it's all my, <laughs> it's my fault. Um, but do you, did you see, because what's amazing about running for governor is you've been out there and spoken to a ton of young <coughs> people, right? Yeah. And did you see the kind of a sea change in people's attitudes towards the, the, because you said a lovely thing in your speech where you said, you know, people who do not conform to the gender binary, the future mm -hmm. is yours. Is mm -hmm. that what you said? Mm -hmm. right. Did mm -hmm. you see that? You saw that on the ground. Well, I mean, yes, but just even if you're not in politics, if you just have children or are around mm. children, it's, you know, I have a trans kid. Um, I have a, a very good friend of mine. Her, her kid has just seemingly come out as trans and that kid is nine or not yeah. even nine I'm gonna be nine next year I mean it's it's just it's amazing is I was it? I was with a friend in the playground yesterday who was telling me her 10 year old has said I would like to be called they mm. you, uh, yeah. you know I mean yeah. it's 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 amazing yeah um yeah. and I think it's been actually um a great the trans explosion has been actually made people understand other things better as well mm -hmm. you know the idea that you're not one or the other that mm -hmm. there's another thing to in, in as a metaphor for other ways to think about things right. in life i think it's been really healthy and as a parent of a trans kid like what frustrates you most because a big conversation in the uk which is really boring at the moment is that <laughs> like is oh well you know that's you know they're making four-year-olds chop bits of themselves off, you know, and you're like, can someone explain to me when this has actually happened? You right. know, there's such a fear-mongering conversation. Right. And I feel like I never hear, there's never on any of these panels, most of the time anyone who's trans or anyone who's a relative of a trans person. Right. It's just people who don't understand it, debating right. it, you know, but what has frustrated you most or comforted you most? I mean, you know, so my kid didn't come out to me as trans <coughs> until he was... Um, 
just started college. Right. And I really had not, there was no inkling of this for me about, about him before that. Um, I think in some ways, I don't know. I don't know what it's like. Like my friend whose kid is eight mm. is now wanting to be called she. And I mean, I think that must be, but, but having known this child, this seems like it was really, really coming. And I think yeah. one thing that she, that it's, 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 it's a lot for her to try and wrap her head around. And, but I think that she is comforted also by the fact that 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 the child is so young that there could be hormones, you know, before puberty happens. Um, I, you know, it's one of these. It's what one. Do you mean that she that she because it's that she would get hormones before puberty right. to sort of contract. Right. Puberty. Got it. Right. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> um, I mean, I have to say, before I ever had an inkling that my kid might be trans, I read a a really extensive article. I think it was in New York Magazine. And all of these uh, parents of prepubescent kids who were really struggling with this. And there was one dad who said, at a certain point, I just had this decision seemed to me I could have a dead son or a live daughter. Wow, wow. And it's like, after you say that, kind of what more is there to say? And you can make all the, uh, the, all the arguments that you want, you know, like, don't you want to wait? Don't you, your cerebral cortex isn't fully formed. Don't you want to wait till you're 25 or 30? Or don't you want to, right? But the fact is, you know, as a parent, as a human, you should listen to what people tell you about themselves. And if they want to make this really extreme change or movement in that direction, People are not going to do this, you know, lightly. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. Yeah. it's 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 different, but it's the same. You know, we think about, you know, thirty years ago, forty years ago, and more, the arguments that were given to gay people, which is like, but this is just a phase. Right. Yeah. You're going to grow out of this, and wouldn't you like to try and date a man? Wouldn't you like to try and date a girl? Have you tried? Yeah. Do you know? And. It just doesn't, you know. Yeah, that wasn't, it doesn't work anymore. And, and, and also, like, it's not as simple as this, but I think one thing I don't ever see people understanding is, like, if this wasn't a problem, why would I bother bringing it up? Right. You know, right. like, I yeah. can't be... Like, this is a really exhausting, long thing that you would... You just wouldn't bother with unless it was right. a real issue. And, and the second thing I often think is that people saying, oh, well, they shouldn't change their gender or you know go to their correct gender um and i'm like well the worst outcome of this if we're to black sky it is that they won't be happy with their gender well they're not happy with their gender right now right yeah so, <laughs> you know and i know it's not as simple as that but you right. know it's kind of like what is the there is this problem that we're avoiding i don't quite understand what the problem is they think they're saving someone from right you know and like you said just listening a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Totally. Are you still doing political things in that? And are you carrying on with that? Or do you feel like you're going Yeah, no. To, well, I mean, of course, the reason that they thought to tap me to run against the governor mm. was... I, you know, very politically active, particularly in New York State. Mm. So, yeah, I mean, they're, you know, we're supporting a few people. I keep getting calls from yes, I'm the, sure, yeah. the, that man who's running for the, the ninth district. Jamal Bowman? Yeah. Yes. He seems nice. Yeah, it's great. Like You're endorsing him, right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And what I loved about what you did with that is that I think the context of now, we all sort of throw our hands up in the air about like, well, everything is just swayed by Facebook anyway, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, oh, the algorithm will get us. You know, you went out there and you became a voice and that is incredibly hard work. And what was that like? Do you look back on that period with amazement? Does it feel real? Yeah, no, it doesn't feel real. Mm. Uh, it's sort of amazement. Some some retroactive terror, I have to <laughs> really? say. I bet. You wake but, up in the middle of the night going, yeah. I ran for governor. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> but I think, I mean, the thing is... In this era of Facebook and, mm. and you know, I mean, it's, I, I don't, just to talk about Facebook for a moment, mm. you followed that Zuckerberg thing. You know, essentially it seems he had a meeting with President Trump and now Facebook has changed their rules mm. about vetting political ads. That they, that they didn't have a very high standard before about what was actually true, mm-hmm. but now... Even less. Even less. Oh my God, no, wow. I didn't, I missed that. Yeah. Because they won't take something down, right? They won't take something down, but, the, but that actual, you know, large ad buys, um, saying, you know, my opponent, you know, eats babies for breakfast, you know, you can put that on Facebook, essentially. So, and right, so it, it, it's, it's very terrifying in general, but particularly for the 2020 election. So mm. that's the, right, that's the downside of it, of, of this Wild West that we're in yes. with social mm. media, right? Yeah. That news agencies like Fox don't seem to have the same standards of actually verifying what's true yes. and don't try and not be slanted. But you also have social media where you can actually just propagate outright falsehoods. Yes. Mm. But the, the upside, I think, is how much um, access people have to um, v- viewing their political opinions and can actually, out of, out of thin air, create constituencies of people who are listening to them yes. if, if they're saying it eloquently, and, right? Yes. And so there, uh, there are ways for ordinary people and for people, ordinary people who are running for office to really break through. And, and we connect. keep seeing, and we keep seeing that the power of corporations has never been greater, at least in my lifetime. I mean, this show that mm. I'm going to do, The Gilded Age, I'm sort of, we're back to the Robert Barron period, right, right in the yeah. late 19th century with such tremendous wealth concentrated yeah. in the hands of so few. In those times, you know, people find a way to gather together and protest, and now social media um, is, is yeah. providing an outlet for that. So I think we are seeing people at all levels of government, you know, particularly with the election of Donald Trump. Uh, you know, I, I think, you, and, 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 and also, frankly, the defeat of Hillary Clinton, and for some people, the defeat of Bernie Sanders, you know, 
four years ago, three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, so in New York State, one of the great things that happened, you know, I ran, I painted, I did my best to paint a picture of what a progressive state we could really have if we had a governor who believed in those things. But, and, but what, what happened was, it wasn't just me running, it was all of these people running for the, the state senate um, and overturning this thing called the IDC. Basically, we had eight um, senators who were Democrat, elected as Democrats but were voting with the Republicans and giving the Republicans control of the New York State Senate. By the fact that I ran and there was, there was so much attention and there was such focus, like we have to finally get these people out, mm. we, we ousted six of those people. And so yeah. the amount of progressive legislation that was passed mm. this, this spring was staggering, whether you're talking about incredible rent regulations mm. that had the real estate people's heads spinning, mm. uh, the Green New Deal, uh, passports, I mean, um, uh, driver's licenses for undocumented people, uh, a, a great reduction in the use of cash bail. Uh, we have early voting now. We have, I mean, it, it, the, the list, we, agenda was finally passed after years for fighting yes. for it. Uh, abortion yeah, abortion laws were brought in line with the, with the federal yeah, standard. It was a huge deal. I mean, so many of these things just on and on and on. But that's like what you really shifted the conversation leftwards. And it was, you know, at that time when but also, But also it was like I'm running and also all these people are running and it was also helpful to turn out people who care about progressive things right. who would vote and also those people did a great job. They ran women and people of color entirely against these against these folks yeah. who were Democrats who were, you know, what we call them Trump Democrats. Mm. Um, and we got them out. And, we, and, and right. so that really transformed New York State in yeah. one legislative session. And that was just the first year. I mean, those people are still in there. Yeah. Doing and stuff. so, yeah. Also, I really admired your marijuana stance. We were on, um, was it Jimmy Fallon or, 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 no, or Stephen Colbert? Stephen Colbert. Um, uh, oh, right. We were on, right, one together. after another. Yeah, yeah. And um, you... Um, Placed the marijuana argument in a really great, made it a race, talking about race, which it is that, like, you know, and I, I've said this, like, I, I think, when I think about marijuana, I could go out and outside Club Coming and smoke, mm -hmm. smoke someone's uh, pen or something, smoke some marijuana. <clears throat> and I have no, no thought that I was going to be, be arrested or even, mm. be, even be doing a crime if I was a person of colour. I could go to prison just mm -hmm. for doing that same thing. Mm -hmm. So it was a really great thing. I think you changed a lot of people's perspective on the whole uh, marijuana debate because you made it about a race issue and a, 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 something that needs to be balanced out racially. And I, I think mm -hmm. that's so good to keep bringing... There's so many things like that economically and socially in this country that are all about race mm -hmm. and we just don't see them in that way. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it is really important for, you know, white people and other people to listen to people of color. Mm -hmm. It's really important, but I think it is, that's the most important thing we can do. But I think right after that is we have to really start understanding how we all, if we are white, benefit from white supremacy and, and talking about that, yeah. mm -hmm. you yeah. know, because... It's, it's, you know, people of color are miles ahead 
in understanding the race problem and white people really have got to catch up. And first thing is listening, but second thing is when you, when you speak and you talk about, about things like mass incarceration of people of color, include yourself in the equation and say, yeah. how this would not happen to me. Yeah, mm. yeah. no, it's so true. Yeah. It's just fascinating. It just never ceases to amaze me how good right-wing crazy people are at messaging Mm. much better than lefties. And we're supposed to be the arty well, ones that are really good yeah. at that. It's like the marketplace, whatever the marketplace is, will find that thing that's fantastic and <clears throat> take it, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, the idea of America, is a, the United States, is a fantastic thing. Like, mm. And look what, we, look what we did with it right away, yeah. right? We have these precepts, but we have slavery. We're not going to talk about that. But we're going to base a country all on everybody being free and equal, except we, the economy is based on enslaving people, yeah, yeah, right? right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was a very good idea, but it was immediately put in service of capitalism. It, absolutely, and also the, 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 the church and state thing. Like, people here, like, so if the president did not finish a speech by, by saying, God bless America, there would be an uproar, right? Mm. If, so if, like, you know, Boris or Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland ended a speech by saying, God bless Scotland, we'd be like, how dare you yeah, bring God yeah, into this? Yeah, yeah. So th the notion that there is any separation between church and state is blatantly, obviously, not the yeah. truth. Yeah. Yet, America prides itself on the, this thing that has apparently happened. Yeah. Mm. And Cindy, what are you up to these days? We haven't really talked about... Uh, well, let's interview. see. <clears throat> so the last time I saw you, said I want to get back to acting. Yes, well, I've gotten back. Oh, good. So, so coming up, I'll tell you about the thing that hasn't happened yet. With a compatriot of yours, I'm doing a thing that Julian Fellows, who did Downton Abbey, right? Yes. So uh -huh. it's his a New American show, and it's called The Gilded Age. Right. So it's about New York in the 1880s, and it's me and Christine Baranski. I heard. As right. sisters. Such and, a good uh, combo. And Amanda Peet and Morgan Spector are the other two people announced. Time period. We're from West Virginia, but we've mm -hmm. been in New York for a long time, my sister Christine Baranski and I. Wow. And uh, just to give you some sense, our, our niece reluctantly comes to live with us and is uh, not happy about it. Mm. Um, and her, her initial description of us as a duo, she says, one of them is clever but not very kind, and one of them is kind but not very clever. Oh, <laughs> you know uh, Yes, I would be the, uh, you know, how could, how could Christine Baranski ever not be clever? Uh. <laughs> so she's the clever one, I'm the kind one. <laughs> That's oh, great. Yeah. Okay. That'd be amazing, actually. Yeah. And so, but what I already shot was uh, Ryan Murphy's new show, or one of his many new shows. Yeah. He always has so many shows, um, called Ratchet, which is starring Sarah Paulson. Oh. And it's the prequel. Oh, it's not really prequel, but the you know the Nurse Ratchet character. Oh yes, from one, one flew over the, the cuckoo's, cuckoo's nest, yeah. like that really really mean, opaque, mm. uh, heartless yeah. person. Well, so Sarah Paulson plays a younger version of her, and like, how did Nurse Ratched become Nurse Ratched? What horrible things happened to her to right, make her right, into that kind of opaque, impassive monster? And what did you play? <clears throat> well, 
I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about it, oh. but um, I... Nobody's listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we used to say when we worked at MTV. Oh, really? <laughs> we would, whenever, my first ever job was an intern at MTV. Yes. And whenever anyone fucked up, we'd go, it doesn't matter, no one's watching. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally no one was watching. <laughs> anyway, go on. Okay. So it takes place in, on the coast of California right after World War II. It's Sarah and Judy Davis. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And Finn Whitrock wow. and me and Sharon Stone and oh. Sofia Canido and <clears throat> Vincent D'Onofrio and Amanda Plummer. Oh my God. I mean, it's like quite, yeah, a, quite a cast. Gosh, you know, he's also doing, Ryan Murphy, they're doing a thing about uh, the, the, Clint, the... You could, you could name any, any <laughs> topic after that and it would be like, yeah, Ryan Murphy. Yeah, 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 it. true. <laughs> it's like one of those true crime ones. Did you ever do one of them? Have you worked with them before? No, no, I never time? have. No, I never so, have. you know, they did crime ones. They did like the OJ one right. and uh, the, the, the Gianni Versace right. one. Now they're doing one about the... Um, I'm trying to say this in a way that I like because I made a decision not to say it a certain way. But the uh, scandal that involved... Uh, Clinton and oh, yeah. an intern because I hate when people call it the Lewinsky thing because mm. I think why should Monica's name be all the one that mm. gets someone to you know? mm. yeah. and she's um, executive producing it so they're doing like a true crime I mean, not a true crime you know one of those crime yeah, 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 yeah. about that time and about <clears throat> the wow. all that scandal and I guess the impeachment thing and, and do we know who's playing who? Monica's been played by the girl who I can't remember her name she's very very good and she was in like um uh, what do you call it? Greta Gerwig's thing that was really good. Lady Bird. Lady Bird. She was one of her friends. Got it, got it. Um, oh. I can't remember. But you'd recognise her. She's in something else right now. And she, oh, did you see Hello, Dolly? Yes. She was like the funny one. Oh, her. she was great. Fine, I mean, Minnie no. Faye. Bravo. <laughs> yes. So, yes, yeah, so I think that's going to be really interesting. I actually think it's really good to place it in that way that you know it's been the, it's the 20 years of since um, is she also doing merrily we roll along or that's somebody else yes she's also doing merrily God, we roll like along entertainment weekly. I can't believe you know <laughs> yeah she's doing well that. you've hit on the musical comedy now so now ah, i you know i'm, yeah, I'm, I'm alive exactly <laughs> so there's her and ben pratt are yes. doing this there's a there's a Sondheim oh, the thing oh, he's no. the politician but you know, you never really be roll along that Stephen Sondheim thing and it goes backwards in time or something, does it? Right. It takes place over 25 years. So they're starting with the end when the actors are still young and they're going to film it over 25 years. Oh, like Boyhood. Like exactly. Boyhood. Like a musical yeah. It's the same uh, film. Oh, it's character. Richard Linklater. Yeah. Oh. I want to ask you a question. Will you tell the story again about, I just love it so much, when you were in two plays at once on Broadway. Oh, sure. And then, and then <laughs> so you were in? So I was in a play called The Real Thing that Tom Stoppard wrote. Tom Stoppard. Wrote, that you was starring uh, Jeremy Irons and Glenn Close and Christine Baranski. She played well, my mother. Wow. Oh, she played your mother, now she she's your sister. Yes, exactly. I love How that. How does that feel? Well it, was, well, it was funny, because I was 17 at the time, and I Googled how old she was, and she's only like, I don't know, maybe 14 years older than me. So right. at the time, it didn't occur to me, oh, that's oh, weird. you're too young to be my mother. I was just like, oh, you're like a sophisticated grown-up. Yeah, you're my yeah, mom. You're Didn't under... Did, right. So weird? anyway, so, so I was in The Real Thing by Tom Stoppard that Mike Nichols directed. Mm -hmm. And then Mike Nichols gave me the script, which was at the time called The Untitled David Rabe Play. And he said, and that he gave me the list, which was like William Hurt... Christopher Walken, Judith wow. Ivey, Sigourney Weaver, Harvey Keitel, Jerry Stiller, and you, <laughs> right? It was. Sure is. And so at the time, Yardley Smith, who's the voice of Lisa Simpson, 
was my understudy. So he said, come and do this play. We're going and doing with all these famous people, this she's amazing... The, she's the understudy for the for, real for, thing. For the real thing. Uh-huh. Come do this play with us in Chicago um, at this little, at the black box at the Goodman Theater. It's like 99-seat theater. Um, so I left and Yardley went on. And then um, I, we did the play in Chicago and it was a hit. And then we did it, came in and brought it off Broadway and it was a hit. And then we moved it to Broadway. So then now both plays are running on Broadway. And, but you're understood. But, I'm, my, real uh, but Yardley is on in The Real Thing. And I'm on in Hurley Burley, which was what the, they eventually called it. And Mike Nichols, who directed both of these plays, always had this joke. We always had this joke like, because of the way the scenes are, you yeah. could actually do both of these plays. The, the word on the boulevard, the word around Broadway, was that Yardley had gone off to do a movie in Texas for a bit, and they had put her understudy on, and her understudy did not fly. And was, there was a little bit of a panic. Uh-oh. And <clears throat> so I think they scrambled, and they replaced her with like her understudy. You know, it was a little bit of a scramble. There was just someone who needed to come in and see so I there. Right, so I heard about this. And so it wasn't like I was seeing Mike Nichols all the time, but there just happened to be this Whoopi Goldberg event where we all were. And so as we were all leaving, after we all had our drinks and our food, I said, hey, Mike, I heard Yardley's understudy isn't working out so well. You know, I could do that part too. <laughs> and he said, I will call your agent in the morning. And you, did you know that you could, you'd worked out at the time? Oh, yeah, you totally, could do it? I totally. That. And weren't you at university at the same time as this as well? So this was my senior year in high school. Oh, for God's sake. So this was, the, <laughs> this was the end of my, the last few months of, of high school, and then it was the summer before college. How long did that go on for? Well, so it went on for the summer, and then the first few months of my freshman year of college, but I was taking a geology class that I was very scared I was going to fail. So I gave my two weeks notice, like two weeks before the final. Yeah. And Mike Nichols was not very happy with me. Oh, really? Yeah, but I had done the plays for so long at that point, and I was a kid. I was sick of yeah. them. Yeah. yeah, come on. Thank yeah. you so much, Cynthia Nixon. So lovely to see you, as it always. It was really oh, a pleasure. Thank you. Really, yes. really, really appreciate it. Outro. Cynthia. Let's see that. We'll have to pay money for that, will we? No. Wasn't that lovely? What a lovely afternoon we spent with her. Yeah. She's a really special person who... And I think her, you know, look out for her. She's going to be, she's going to bounce back. Her political life is not over at all. No. She's just got principles. Alan, it brings me to the time to remind our listeners that if they want to... uh, Buy t-shirts? Buy t-shirts, they can... uh, Listen at the end and someone will tell them. (laughs) If they want to buy T-shirts, there will be more information on that for the exact web address in Homo Sapiens Extra. And if you want to get in touch with us to give us any feedback about Cynthia's interview or anything else, any complaints, any praise. We like praise. Uh Uh, Hello. At homosapienspodcast.com. Correcto. Oh, and please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Because it's like a report card and it makes us feel good. Exactly, but yeah. I love I love everybody's comments on Apple Podcasts because um, people are just really lovely on there. It's like a little oh, people chat to each other. And oh, do they? Yeah, it's great. I'm kind of I'm sort of slightly averse to reading comments because of certain things that have happened to me. Yes, do you want uh, to hear? Yeah, once people thought I was having an affair with Mika. Oh, okay. I wasn't, but we'd been spotted out in the town, and um, the press 
photographers took her picture and the press <laughs> it was in them um, remember what's that boy called who was used to be really Perez Hilton so oh yeah yeah when he was like the sort of doyen of gossip mm. and um, so they and, and it's and and, and um, Grant my husband was um, in a drawing studio mm. and this girl at the next sort of computer said hey Grant Allen's on, on Perez Hilton today mm. And he went, oh, and said, yeah, he's with Mika. He went, oh, yes, he said uh, he said he was with him last night in London. And and um, it sort of, you know, insinuated that we were having an affair. Yes. And then the Grant started reading the comments. Oh. And it said, um, oh, no, first of all, it said, oh, sorry. And the article was very nice. It said that, you know, we were, oh, how lovely, t such two talented boys should be friends. How oh. lovely, nice and that. Then the comments were things like, they're totally fucking, look at Alan's face. And one of the one of them said, "Alan looks like the cat that's got the canary." And I was like, "Maybe Nick, Nick, Mika's got the canary." <laughs> yeah, assholes. Anyway, then um, then it said so. Then it said, you know, blah blah, we're having an affair, blah blah. And then someone said, "How dare you? Alan's a happily married man. He was married to his husband Grant in a ceremony in London." Blah blah blah. And then <laughs> this is awful. My eyes are closed, bracing this for impact. The, then someone said, "I saw Alan on his birthday." <laughs> with two cocks in his mouth. <laughs> and the girl next to Grant was like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, Grant, I'm so sorry. He went, oh, it's fine, it's fine. I was with him on his birthday. It was just one cock. <laughs> and that's why I love my husband. But also, I was just thinking when I was retelling that story, the person never said where this venue was that I supposedly had these two penises in my mouth on my birthday. No, exactly. We want we want more detail. I don't I don't feel like she's been descriptive enough about that birthday. Isn't that funny? So that's why I don't read comments. That was the point of the story. Right. But what I will say about Homo sapiens, this will be famous last words now, but mm -hmm. um, it's we have such a positive feedback community who will talk to each other. It's so lovely. That's good. That it's really nice. But, you know, now you're telling stories about cocks and mouths. Who knows where this could go? <laughs> <laughs> this used to be a family show. Oh, you know man. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, on oh, that... We could be a family and have penises and mouths. Uh, well, how do you think they get made? Um... No. You've got that one wrong, Chris. <laughs> I, every time. Biology's not that. <laughs> We're only two episodes in, and I feel like <laughs> the whole thing is a whole new law. just morally bankrupt. Mm -hmm. I love it. Thank you so much, Alan. You're welcome. See you next week. See you. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 